Hey, I am Tully and I am a certified life coach. I help people pleasers and codependents unfuck themselves and live a life authentically their own. Today, if you are listening, we will be talking about people pleasing, boundaries, trauma bonds, and releasing yourself from these patterns. And you are listening to the On Call Empath. You're listening to the On Call Empath Show. 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 All right, guys, we are back for another episode of the On Call Empath. And today, I mean, I am super ecstatic for my next guest, Tully Rose, a certified coach helping people pleasers and codependents. And this is something very close to me. And Tully, it is a total honor having you on my podcast. How are you doing today? I'm so excited (laughs) to be here. So excited to be here. And I'm doing great. Happy to be here. Happy to share. Um, And I'm really hoping that what we talk about today resonates with your audience. Absolutely. And just a little backstory for all those people that tune in every week. I have like actually had a long conversation with Tully and we have a lot of things in common and understand codependency and people pleasing, you know, also setting boundaries. And this is an episode you guys do not want to miss, especially for all you codependents out there. A lot of empaths are tuning in. So just kind of starting off, Tully, can you just give us a little bit how you got into this specialty? Because I know you're a coach and you help a lot of people and you're changing lives. And that's why you're in the elite series. I feel like you can change the world. So why don't you just tell our audience exactly how you got into what you do? Sure, sure. Absolutely. Well, I will try to summarize it because it's almost kind of like a life story, right? Um, I grew up in an abusive environment um, where, you know, my, my dad was pretty abusive and, you know, there were times that he was, you know, in, in fits of rage where I thought maybe he's going to kill me right now. (laughs) You know, so it was pretty abusive. And I learned very early on to be hyper attuned to my caregivers. I needed to be able to pay attention to really subtle cues, such as differences in facial expression, tone of voice, in order to protect myself as a child. And so carrying that forward, growing up in in where I had chronic ongoing abuse um, in different forms, but like I said, you know, we only have a certain amount of time here and this is like a life story, so I'm really condensing it. (laughs) So fast forward, you know, I'm still that it's inside when you grow up with, with trauma, it's inside you. You are still out there really hyper attuned to others, really soaking in their emotions and making mm-hmm. sure that you are safe. So meaning like if, if they don't like you, then growing up in an environment like I grew up, you know, if, if one of my caregivers didn't like me, then that's a threat to my survival. Yeah. So I, I learned that I needed to pay attention to those things in other relationships. Um, I also learned that being, being helpful or pleasing other people kept me safe and Mm -hmm. is also where I was valuable because I often had my emotional experiences denied as a child. Mm -hmm. Um, or there were only certain emotions that were acceptable. So 
I learned that I had to pay attention to other people's emotions. And I also mm-hmm. had to deny certain emotions of my own. And, yeah. and being helpful is when is how I get love. I help other people and that's where I'm valuable. So I ended up being a caregiver for my grandparents for over 10 years and um, really burning myself out in the corporate world, just giving, 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 clawing my way up the, up the corporate ladder, burning myself out um, and getting into relationships that were codependent mm-hmm. as well and toxic. And so I eventually what really brought me to the ground and really blossomed me into wanting to do this work because I had Mm -hmm. to do it for myself was when I ended up in an abusive relationship with somebody Mm -hmm. who struggles with drug addiction. And so that person and me, that person relied on me for a variety of different needs, emotional, financial, Mm -hmm. physical. um, And I relied on him because I gained my worth from being needed. Yeah. So he needed me and I needed him to need me. And even though there was abuse there, it felt kind of like home. And I continued to pour myself into mm-hmm. that person in order to feel worth. Yeah. Um, and yet, even though, even though the whole time I was really filled with anxiety and a lot of emptiness. Yeah. So again, condensing the life story. So abusive household, caregiving, uh, people pleasing in the workplace, a codependent relationship. I finally just was brought down to the ground. The absolute, that was my rock bottom, Mm -hmm. a lifetime of these experiences. And so I just decided that I was fucking done. Yeah. I was done taking care of everyone else and worrying about everyone else's feelings. And so I got a coach. I got a couple coaches and read a lot of books and did a lot of deep inner work. And I decided, you know what? There's something here. Yeah. And I want to help other people. That's amazing. And that's why I do what I do. And yeah. And that's why I asked you to be on this podcast because I feel like you have to go through it yourself. I mean, I can totally yeah. resonate with everything you just said because I had something similar myself and it, it would just have this mm. dialogue in my head, just like, okay, um, I'm just going to go with it. Cause there's the person or the people that I was dealing with. It was like, not only just mental, but it, I mean, it was financial like control and, when I wasn't near them, I would start to feel anxiety. And it was just like my body was trained, like my nervous system. Yeah, it would just, you know, and so that's why everything you're saying, it's like, yes, it's like hitting every little checkbox. And it's like, there's so many people, even the people that I coach that tell me from childhood, like when they were between five and 10 years old, like everything that they were taught, even as an adult, they do the same thing. You know, they're, they're trained. It seems like they're trained a certain way. Their body is also giving out, you know, certain physical aspects. A lot of people have pain, you know, like actual physical pain as a way of coping. So yeah, that's, that's how I became a coach as well, because it's something you can't read from a book. It's something you can't go to school for. Um, And I'm not saying like, you have to go through this to help other people. Like I'm I'm sure there's a lot of people that 
but that's just my experience. But, yeah. you know, I decided to make something meaningful out of it. I decided to use my greatest work. My greatest work for myself is healing people pleasing and codependent mm-hmm. patterns. And it's not just a, there's not necessarily a destination to it. There's, as I tell my clients, there's layers to the shit. Yeah. You know, there's layers to trauma. There's layers to healing. Um, I recently saw a quote by Susan Cain, who wrote the book Quiet, which is um, for introverts. Um, and she said, and I, I'm sure I might not be quoting this verbatim, but it is something to the effect of if um, your deepest suffering is where your most profound caring lies. So where you suffer the most is, is where you cared the most. So think about like breakups or, mm-hmm. um, you know, death, um, you know, and, and trauma. That's the deepest pain is coming from a place where you were the most vulnerable, where yeah. you cared the most, um, where you were the most, where you put in a lot of effort, a lot of energy of yeah. yourself. And so, yes, um, that is where my work originates is yeah. from my deepest suffering, because that is how I, as, as deep as I have suffered, that is how deep that yeah. I care. And that's why I do this. And that's what makes you such a great coach. And um, just so kind of switching gears here, yeah. just for everyone that's listening, can you just kind of go through like, what's the difference between like um, people pleasing and codependency in your experience. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and thank you for asking that because it's not, it's a, it's a topic that I am very familiar with because it's my work, (laughs) but (laughs) for, for anyone out there that is not familiar. Um, and this is something that I've addressed a lot on my social media channels is people pleasing and codependency is not the same thing, but there's a lot of information out there that makes it seem like it is the Mm -hmm. lines get blurred. So People-pleasing is a general behavior where we are appeasing other people. Maybe maybe it could even be at a restaurant with a, a waiter that we don't know this person at all, but we don't want to speak up and say, you know, I would actually order the chicken instead mm-hmm. of the steak, but we don't want to we don't, we're afraid of what their response to us is going to be. So we don't speak up. Um, so it could be, it's a more generalized behavior where we are afraid to say no. We are afraid to speak up and ask for what we want and afraid to set boundaries because we really, um, do not want this person to dislike us. We don't want to get into any kind of conflict. So we're anticipating like, I, I don't want to, I don't want to be disliked and I don't want to be in a conflict. Um, and so we avoid all those things and that can be done in a very general way. Now with codependency, um, what I like to point out is that the word co in codependency. So that means there is a relationship. So there is a, it, it, it takes a specific relationship where there is mutual 
dependency. So codependency is really another way of saying mutual dependency. And what ends up happening in these relationships is that in codependency, there is normally a person who is more of a giver and a person who is more of a taker. Right. Originally, the whole um, topic of codependency was centered on alcoholism and drug addiction. Um, There's a very famous book uh, called Codependent No More by Melanie Petey. I heard of that Um, one. And so that's where the conversation really started is Mm -hmm. around alcoholism and drug addiction. But now we know that codependency can exist Mm -hmm. in relationships where a person isn't addicted or or an alcoholic. It could be in, in a relationship with a person who has a mental illness or some kind of physical illness or somebody who is just, would just kind of rather that somebody else saved them and fixed things for them. So that's a perfect, perfect role for somebody who is a people pleaser to get into, right? (laughs) Because we want to save and we want to fix and we get our value from making other people happy. Right. And so we find somebody who is, could probably help themselves, but they want you to help them. They want you to save and fix them. So it's a very much, I need you. And the other person is, I need you to need me. I need you and I need you to need me. So it becomes a very fused, toxic, a lot of times kind of some traumatic bonding goes on there. Um, A very addictive like relationship because neither one is really okay. If the other, if the, if you're not okay, I'm not okay. Basically. Um, that's kind of how it goes. If you're not okay, I'm not, I'm not okay. If you're not doing what I want you to do, um, mm-hmm. I'm not, a. am you know, it's very, it can be very unbalancing. So people pleasing is a general behavior. Codependency takes a specific relationship of mutual dependency. So in, in other words, all codependents are people pleasers, mm-hmm. but not all people pleasers are codependent. That's crazy. Yes. Thank you for sharing that. Um, now, if you don't mind, like, I know that you've been through um, some trauma yourself. Yeah. And yes. uh, in your previous relationship, um, would you mind just kind of like sharing that with the audience? Because I think that's an important component to show everyone even the empaths and highly sensitive people that's who you made who you are today and one reason why you do what you do first i i would like to say that this relationship was what you would call a trauma bond and a trauma Mm -hmm. bond is a buzzword that we hear a lot lately and it kind of like you hear it so much almost sometimes it might get old or sound cliche so i'd like to explain a little bit about what that is so trauma bonding is basically a tr- a bond that has formed due to traumatic experiences um, within the relationship that mimic, most of the time, mimic the trauma that we have experienced in mm-hmm. our upbringing. Now, when we are faced with abuse or neglect, say in growing up, we are chemically wired Mm -hmm. to get to the other side of it, right? And so if we're growing up in an abusive household, we need our caregivers. So sometimes we need our abusers 
And what ends up happening is they are they are the abuser and then the savior at the Both same sides, time. Yeah. So the abusive person brings us relief in a way. And our brains associate that with safety. So if you grew up with trauma, you are, you are unfortunately, and I'm not saying this goes for everybody, but for those who, who can hear what I'm saying and resonate with me, then this probably applies to you. If you grew up with trauma, then you are chemically wired to recognize that trauma and likely associate trauma with safety because you had to as a child, right. you have to rely on your caregivers for safety, even if they abuse you. It's right. unfortunate. So in my situation with my relationship, um, I mean, I had known this person for like 25 years. So we had been friends for a long time. So that was also a very um, easy setup, I guess, you know, um, somebody who knows my past already. But in addition to that, when the romantic part of the relationship started, it began to mimic some of the things that I had experienced in childhood, but I didn't yeah. associate it with that at that time. I, it began with just, you know, a little bit of anxiety when I couldn't get a hold of him, or maybe he might disappear for a day or a few hours. Mm-hmm. Um, little bits of, of unexpected anger coming from him would kind of take me aback. But um, normally these would be red flags, <laughs> very red, <laughs> red, red flags, you know, to, to, to experience like very early <clears throat> on to experience like these little spurts of rage coming from somebody like that's a danger sign, right. right? And, and, and unpredictability and inconsistency and unreliability. But I experienced that growing up. So it felt like that feeling in my stomach of having butterflies um, if you're familiar with the Halsey's song Graveyard, mm-hmm. one of the lyrics in her song um, is saying that it's funny how the butterflies can feel like warning signs. Yeah. No, I was just going to say thank you for sharing that because, you know, like I said, I mean, there, there are a lot of people that are tuning in that might be yeah. in a situation where they want to leave their abusers or the people that uh that they can't like leave and they every time they do and this is what i see a lot with my uh people that i coach is they'll leave them and then they'll come right back and it's just a cycle um Mm -hmm. so i guess my question to you just kind of wrapping up is like if you can go back and way back what would you say to yourself um that you wish you knew now because now you're a coach and you're helping change the world basically. Mm-hmm. And, and so what, what would you say to that person that, that uh, old self of yours, um, if you could go back and tell her that, you know, everything's going to be okay. Mm-hmm. Cause it, again, there's a lot of people that are listening that are stuck in this mess and they've tried to leave yeah. and they failed and trauma bond. And I mean, it's physical yeah. too. Like, some people leave and it's it like a drug Physical. and um the statistic the statistic is that um 
people in abusive relationships will leave an average of seven times. I counted and I left 11 times. (laughs) So I turned, I returned 10 times and left 11 times within three years. Right. So I definitely fit that statistic and, and surpass it. So winning kind of <laughs> but, um, joking aside, joking aside, joking aside, if I could speak to my, yeah, my old self, when this situation began happening, I would tell her, I would take her hand and tell her she deserves mm-hmm. so much more than, than what she grew up with. Mm-hmm. That just because something is familiar, doesn't mean it's love. Yeah. And so that kind of leads me to ask you, like, tell us a little bit about your coaching and exactly how do you help like a lot of the clients with people that have people pleasing or boundary issues or even codependency? Because even empaths, Mm -hmm. I mean, some people will say, well, empaths are just a glorified quote codependent. I've heard that many times Mm -hmm. from people and Mm -hmm. everyone has their own opinion, but um, in your case, the people that you see that come to you, um, what are some tips that you can give our audience members that are dealing with codependency and boundary issues and people pleasing? What are some of the techniques that you give your own clients? Yeah, absolutely. Um, important areas that we dive into would be self-discovery is one. So a lot of people that come to me, they have spent so much time thinking about and expending their energy on other people, worrying about what they might think or just Mm -hmm. trying to please them that they really don't even, they're not even really sure what they like. You know, they don't know what they value. They don't really know what, like, if I, if they were to peel away the people pleasing and all the thoughts about what other people are doing and thinking what would their life look like? And sometimes it's shocking to them because they've never thought about it before. So we really dive deep into discovering what their values are. What are their values? Are they, and, and are they living in alignment with them most of the time? No, (laughs) they're coming to me. not. So we get them living more in a, like what it looks like to live more in alignment with their values. Mm -hmm. Get them to envision their ideal self. What kind of person do they want to show up as in the world? And really give them an emotional connection with that person to get them to feel the emotions of the person that they want to be, because that helps really solidify the motivation to keep going Mm -hmm. towards that goal. We also work on establishing what their boundaries are. Some people don't even know what their boundaries are, let alone how mm. to set them. So we, we, we dig into the different types of thoughts mm-hmm. and violations that are occurring to help them discover what are my boundaries. And then mm-hmm. once figuring them out, how to set them and how to sit with the feelings of discomfort that come along with setting mm-hmm. boundaries to really sit with uncomfortable feelings. And so it's, it's a, it's a journey. Mm-hmm. It really is a journey. And a lot of my clients would just love to just press a button and be healed, but it, <laughs> it doesn't work like that, but no. I can help accelerate it. And that's what I do is I'm really just giving you an accelerated path to it. If you're ready for it and I can hold your hand mm-hmm. through it. 
Yes, I can totally resonate with that. And I hope anyone that's listening that might be at that point, um, that breaking point, just like kind of how you were and you're like enough is enough and you're ready to make that next move and leave this narcissist or abuser, whoever, like just keep trying because it takes like average of seven times and it's not easy. There's coaches like us um, that you can go to that. I mean, a friend, anyone, but you're going to need some support and you're going to need somebody that gets it. And you, Tully, you, you definitely get it. And that's why I feel like that's why we connect so well. Um, just the minute we started talking over the phone, it was just like, yeah, she gets it. And like you either, you, I just get that feeling. Yes or no. It's like a, it's like a switch. It's like, yes, they get it or they don't. And I feel a lot of codependency has that built in inside of them. They can kind of sense from someone else. So, I mean, you're very good at what you do. And I just want to leave this a last word for you. Um, if you can kind of tell our audience a little bit where they can find you on social media and anything that you want to tell them what you're going up against in 2022, because I really like your uh, TikTok and your Instagram, very entertaining guys. If you haven't checked her out, that's what kind of drew me to you in the first place. So um, you should get like a award for some of the <laughs> stuff that you do. It's, it's very entertaining. You guys check her out. You'll Thank see. You. So yeah, tell us where we can find you and what, yeah. um, what you're up to in this year. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm, I can be found on Instagram at, at I am Tallulah Rose. Mm-hmm. And that's also the same handle for TikTok. I am working on my website, which will be tullyrose.com, but I have not finished it and published it yet, but that mm-hmm. will be forthcoming. I am also working on a podcast. I haven't quite nailed down the name yet <laughs> and YouTube channel, but again, you know, I'll be releasing yeah. that information later, but you can find me on Instagram. You can find me on TikTok and you can email me at tully at tullyrose.com. All right. All that will be in the bio guys. Definitely check her out. Um, and Tully, it's been a true honor. Like I, as you know, I've had so many guests, um, on my podcast and just in the ones that, I mean, everyone is special in their own way, but when I'm going to remember our conversation, cause it really, it really resonated with me like personally, cause for me, like codependency, boundary setting, people pleasing, you can talk about it to people. They can study it in a book, but you, you get it. I mean, you left your corporate job, just, you know, traveling. I mean, that takes a lot of, and I wish I could do that too, you know, like just to get that confidence to put aside your job and, and live your life the way on your terms. Definitely. I'm so honored to have shared this time with you today. And I think really what I want to stress, and I think you can resonate with this as well, is that what ends up happening, why people end up coming to coaches like you and I and other coaches is because the pain of staying the same finally gets becomes too great. There is pain and healing, but it's a different type. Right. So if you're out there and you're listening to this, 
has the pain of saying the same become too great? Yeah. And if it has, then there's help. Exactly. It doesn't have to be me, but there's help out there. And I want you guys to really tune into that because even if it's not us and you're listening to this podcast and you log off of this and you just continue with your life, nothing's going to change, but it's not until you take action. And I was the same way. It's not just, I'm just saying this information. I would just listen to podcast after podcast and YouTube, and I would take in all this information, but I wouldn't do anything with it. And I was just like, oh, I did something positive and I feel great. But then a couple hours later, I'm like right back where I'm started. I know you guys know exactly what I'm talking about, especially the people that I coach that are tuning in. You guys know, like we talk about this every week. And um, if you can just break that cycle, just like Tully is saying, it's like when enough is enough, there's no way but up, right? Yep, that's right. That's exactly it. Exactly it. Yeah. So if you're, I, I believe that I can't speak for every coach, but I believe based on our conversations, I can put you in this category, Raj, Mm -hmm. is that coaches are there to get in the trenches with you. Yeah. So if you're willing to get in the trenches of moving through the pain instead of around it. Right. We're here. Yeah. We want to get in the trenches with you. We want to help you out of it. We can't do it for you, obviously, but that's, that's what we're here for. Yeah. Is to help you do that. Yeah. Well, it was an honor having you on my podcast. You're always welcome back. And you know that we're going to be in contact. Oh yeah. (laughs) If you ever need anything, feel free to reach out. All you guys check her out. Everything's in the bio. With that said, stay tuned for the next episode. Thank you again, Tully, for being uh, my guest on this podcast. Thank you, Raj. All right. All right, guys, please subscribe if you're watching this on YouTube. And if you're uh, watching this or listening to this on a podcast, please leave a review. It definitely helps me out and bring great people like Tully every week to you guys. Um, And we're headed towards 200 episodes. I'm so excited. Um, And I couldn't have done it without all of you guys. So stay tuned for the next episode. And we are out. You're listening to the On Call Empath.